concerned about pollen in their grow house. So they were kind of indoor slash outdoor growing operation. And uh, we, we knew that I'm, I, I have a pretty good background in agriculture as well. And so I knew that it was a risk. I knew that it was a thing, um, but didn't really recognize we were, we were pretty focused on airborne allergens. Um, and so we, we got them a device and, and they've been using it ever since they, they, they get a lot of good use out of it. They really like it. Um, we kept it pretty simple. And then, uh, last year we started getting people coming out of the woodwork, um, asking about it and airborne allergens was humming. It's humming along it, it because we're, most of our sensors go to, smart city, municipalities, government operations, the sales cycle is quite slow there. Um, the sales cycle is much quicker in cannabis. Cannabis is well-funded. And frankly, I'm, I'm fairly interested in agriculture. I've actually spent yeah. my, my daytime uh, working for a fertilizer company for the last seven years. And so uh, when when I really saw the opportunity there um, and, and I'm just going to throw Kevin in here. When we saw the opportunity there, we said, we're going to jump on this. And we've been working night and day ever since developing tools specifically for cannabis. We have an app that will go along with the sensor that will provide alerts and analytics that go directly that, that are tuned or, or built directly for the purpose of, of cannabis and, and hemp um, and uh, push notifications, wake you up in the middle of the night saying, you better get out and protect your crop right now. Hmm. Um, things like that. We can, we can integrate our sensor with misting systems so we can basically trip a wire and say, Hey, turn on misting systems, which is how you would mitigate in an outdoor okay. situation. And I was, ask, I was going to ask you exactly that. So once you're armed with the information that pollen is inbound, uh, what do you do? So just miss yep. to heavy, make it heavy and drop it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So pollen is hygroscopic, which means it's attracted to water. It, it imbibes water. It brings it into the pollen, um, which also means that it's, it's basically statically attracted to water. And so if there are droplets in the air, it doesn't take a lot 
if there are droplets in the air, you can actually suck up all of the pollen and pull it down and, and make it hit the ground. And so they, the, the growers that we're working with are setting up or have already set up uh, screening systems where they just, they just have a wall of, of mist hmm. that they flip on when they're at risk. This sounds very Star Trek-y, like, you know, flipping on the shields yeah. on, the, on the Enterprise to keep an inbound attack from penetrating. Exactly. Yeah. Neat. Neat. That's, you know, something uh, that is a little, that is Star trek as well, um, a little background on the technology. So Landon mentioned earlier that our sensor uses artificial intelligence, uh, vision, um, machine vision, uh, machine learning, all of those are sort of related terms. And one of the interesting things that we've been doing, like I say, I would have never thought in a hundred years we'd be doing this, but we find ourselves uh, teaching our machine what uh, what certain pollens look like. And that's how you asked earlier about uh, speciation. How yeah. do we identify one species from another? Well, essentially what we do is, uh, you know, inbound particles are examined. And if it's, uh, if it's a cannabis pollen and the machine hasn't seen that kind of pollen before we say, Hey, you know, that's a cannabis pollen, check it out. And then it says, well, is this a cannabis pollen? And it, you know, it's looking at a piece of dirt or something. And we say, no, that's not it. And so it's just sort of this iterative process of slapping the machine on the wrist when it does poorly and encouraging you when it, when it does well. Hmm. And so there's a lot of flexibility um, in, in, in our approach. So if, and this would be really a, a, a question for Landon, but let's say, let's say if there, there were distinctions in um, different cannabis pollens, like it, it might be possible to, I'm, I'm speculating here, but it might be possible to dial things down even more, you know, um, finally, potentially, if you wanted to see what kind, I don't know, Landon, this, I'm going out on a ledge here. Would you be able to distinguish, you know, between say, uh, you know, hemp, uh, and marijuana pollen, for instance, uh, maybe, maybe they're too closely related. That would be a stretch, but they're awfully close. Um, if, if there was a difference visually and morphologically, we would pick it up and, well, and yeah, we could train point, for that. Right. Right. So, um, we, there's a lot of potential there. If there are differences, we'll find them. Hmm. I guess the bigger point I was trying to make is if there are particles that would be of interest to cannabis and, and uh, growers that pollen aside and aspergillus aside, you know, there's a good chance we could train for it. So it's very flexible um, in its algorithm. Neat. Yeah. And, and, you know, for the indoor growers, uh, another risk that they have is they're growing in a sterile environment. A lot of them, and what we've learned in vertical farming and what we've learned in um, indoor cannabis growing is that if you're in a sterile environment, everything's great as long as you're sterile. But the second you introduce a little bit of dust or a little bit of impurity, um, usually it comes with disease. And so if, it, if a disease does happen, it spreads like wildfire and it can ruin an entire crop as well. We can monitor for all of the fungal spores that might cause disease. So botrytis, for example, powdery mildew, downy mildew, those are diseases that a lot of growers deal with. We can catch that early and uh, basically sound the alarm for that. Yeah, I, I know in talking with some of my uh, grower friends and clients that um, the powdery mildew is like the thing they most fear because it spreads like wildfire. 
in, inside of a, a cultivation. How, how quick? Landon has, Landon has a good story. Ah, well, I'm, you know I'm the story, Landon. <laughs> who who doesn't have a good mildew story? Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Which story do I have, Kevin? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so one of our growers um, who's growing indoors, you know, theoretically sterile or or mostly ster- sterile. Um, we were reviewing a feed and their feed and there was this as kevin draws a spike in the graph we, you know we plot this hour by hour and there's this gigantic spike they have this nice low baseline where there's almost zero particles there's almost nothing in the air hmm. and all of a sudden at, at it was like a sunday night at at 9 or 10 p.m. their time uh, there was this giant peak and it had spores uh, galore in it. We called them the next morning and said, Hey, what, 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 what gives, you know, you guys better, uh, you better check out your crop. Well, it turns out um, there was a, a bench in the grow operation that they were turning over. And uh, that little disturbance in there kicked up a lot of spores. Now there was internal discussion amongst them so we didn't get all of the information as as you may or may not know cannabis growers are pretty tight-lipped they don't share a lot of their information indeed um but our our assumption was that they went okay this is not a sterile environment we need to we need to swab the decks so to speak we need to mop the floor we need to clean up because when we move this we kicked up a lot of spores and then they were vigilant for a couple of weeks thereafter during that growth cycle to make sure that if there was an outbreak, they caught it really early. That That is an actual great story because it emphasizes the point that it's not just the, the plants that you have to be concerned about. It's the entire environment. Um, yep. You know, as you described, these folks had no clue that there were all these spores just piled up on stuff in the shop. Um, well, yeah, and it allows you when you see an event like that, when you see a spike, I mean, that's like a neon sign. That's like an arrow outlined in neon that says something happened, investigated, it empowers you with knowledge and information. Now there was an event. Let's, you know, let's put on our detective hats and see uh, what's happened and what we can do about it. And without that information, you would have never known. Sure, sure. Makes fine sense to me. So um, let, let me ask you this. Um, the challenge of just getting insurance in this industry is hard enough. But I'm wondering, you guys have a product that is so value added to protecting. Uh, I wonder if you've ever had any conversations with carriers about um, offering a, a better premium or a discount of some sort if one of their insureds is using your service. And I analogize, for example, to my homeowner's insurance. I get a discount off of my insurance premium if I have a home alarm. And this sounds pretty much like an apples to apples metaphor for that sort of program. Have you ever had any conversations with carriers about such a thing? We haven't, we have not yet. Um, it is something we have discussed and, and we definitely need to investigate, investigate further. If anybody's watching, yeah, <laughs> give us a call. I, yeah. Yeah, and, and not and like Landon said, not specifically insurance, but one of the things that we have had conversations around, and, and it's it, it's only tangentially related, but 
Um, we've had uh, conversations with those industries uh, that are uh, interested in mitigating mold like aspergillus. Mm. And one of the things that they're excited about is, you know, rather than how, Landon, you know, maybe you can help me out if I mischaracterize this a little bit, but the idea of being able to be more proactive in the process rather than reactionary at the end, it allows them to be more efficient. So sure. we're, we're encouraged that we might be able to help um, to help them in that. And ultimately, you know, those benefits would trickle down to the cultivators um, because things could happen, you know, just more affordably and, uh, you know, efficiently and quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I can tell you in, in my universe of law practice, uh, the constant mantra to the clients is the the dollar you spend in, in prevention is way cheaper than the hundred dollars you're going to spend curing mm. the problem that came about because you didn't prevent right. it. So no, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes perfectly good sense to me. Yeah. Fascinating. So who who are like the ideal customers for for pollen sense? What industries other than the obvious cannabis industry uh, would embrace or be wanting your services? That, you, you know, you mentioned homes. Um, we, we're, we are in talks with um, a company that, that insures businesses. Uh, they would use our sensor to measure, to, to monitor for mold. There, there's one story that we kind of hang our hat on there where a, a Kmart, um, had to be completely destroyed because of a mold problem. Had wow. they, had they, had their insurer who, who comes in periodically and does inspections, you know, slip and fall curbs, you know, looking at just at, at liability, mm-hmm. um, had that insurer, um, if that, if that agent had been armed with a sensor to monitor for mold, they would have caught that risk earlier and could have mitigated that problem, not had to tear down the building. Um, disaster cleanup folks uh, are interested in monitoring mold and, and actually allowing homeowners to check to see if they have mold and then, hey, take this sensor home, monitor your air. If you do have mold, you'll get an alert. We'll do a report. We'll yeah. come out and mitigate that. Um, a more affordable option. HVAC, um, same thing, yeah. similar, similar things. Um, there, there's also some other, um, agricultural, uh, opportunities, um, olives and pistachios and, uh, hazelnuts are all wind pollinated and in one way or another monitoring pollen allows them to better understand or better predict yield. If you can predict yield early, pollination happens very early in, in the game for those, crops, if they can predict it early, they can make adjustments to their inputs. They can make adjustments to their, their sales projections. They can make all, all ah. the adjustments they need. And um, it's, it's very empowering for, for that group. And uh, they monitor for disease in those crops as well, which we'll be doing with them. All right. So th- this is interesting. So not only is, is your service uh, able to prevent problem, you're actually able to add value at the front end by increasing yep. overall productivity just as part of the plan. That's, yep. that's fascinating. And I also love that you tied it to construction issues. Um, I, I'm 30 years almost in a law practice, and the bulk of the time – uh, has been, weirdly enough, construction law, which I, I still do, even though I've got oh. this very vibrant cannabis practice that I do. 
So I, I have seen lots of mold problems and cases. And if I can actually help to promote this for you, um, most folks don't know this, but your homeowner's insurance and construction insurance almost universally uh, excludes mold coverage. So being able to detect mold early and stop it and prevent it from spreading in a home can make a tremendous difference in, in what harm or financial consequence a homeowner may face in the event of a mold event. Do, do you have, would they have um, to get a separate rider for that if they wanted to protect against mold or how do they, how does that work? Uh, to my expectation and understanding, most carriers won't even offer a rider. They just won't cover it. And the reason is uh, there were a spate of cases in the early 2000s of mold infested houses. And it turned out the houses were complete write-offs. So the, the insurance companies had to write these tremendous checks. And if my memory is good, and it might not be, I think those cases came out of Texas, and they were kind of like the McMansion cases. It wasn't just track homes. It was really high-end homes. Mm -hmm. um, and they had to be completely demolished just because the mold had infested so badly inside the structure of the, of the dwellings. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think most carriers, after you're stroking six- and seven-figure checks um, for something that was, you know, smaller than, than small – uh, yeah, puts an end to your desire to want to cover that. So uh, to the extent this was news to anybody and you're worried about it, go talk to your broker and see if you do have mold coverage. And, and if you don't and you want it, see if you can get it. I kind of doubt you can, but it never hurts to ask. Uh, and I do recommend you ask, sure. Well, and this is another, this is another case where having a better view of the problem can be really useful. So um, a lot of a lot of home mold testing kits. Um, you know, typically you, you you can get something at the hardware store. Uh, it's fairly affordable, but then you often have to pay lab fees. And so you might do some sampling, but you don't. In doing so, there are a few things that happen. You know, you take a sample, you ship it off, and now there is this temporal delay. Right now, you've got to wait for the sample to arrive to be processed and the results reported back to you. Hmm. But I think even more sort of uh, an equal or greater deficiency is that you may not be quite sure exactly where that where that mold came from. So it may not, it may indicate that you have some sort of problem, but it may not be very revelatory as to its location. So you have to, you'd, you'd have to, your, your detective hat would have to be that more, you know, that much more. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and there, there are definitely uh, professional consultants out there who sleuth exactly that kind of problem for you. Um, they're not cheap, but look, if it's your house or your health, it's worth it, I guess. Right, and if, but if you, could, if, you could, if you could sense that, leave a sensor running in each room, sure. and then you, you might be able to at least dial it down and go, well, the mold problem is in the bedroom, but where's the water coming from? Yeah. And so it kind of, it just helps you, you know, be a better detective. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and if you've never had the experience, water travels in a house. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, it does. Your yeah. leak can literally be at the other end of the house. And just mm -hmm. if it gets a nice drip line to follow, it'll, it'll go across your house and manifest in a place you never imagined. So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not always easy, is it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so we're coming close to the hour. So let me turn the conversation if I can. Um, when I have folks like yourselves on, I like to encourage um, 
a little bit of information about how you got into the career, what your education is, because I'm, I'm hoping to inspire folks who are in college right now or getting out of college uh, to let them know that there are legitimate careers in and around plant medicines, and you guys aren't even directly in the cannabis industry per se, but you definitely are an ancillary service provider and a very valuable one. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about you know, what the education base is, who, like if you're hiring, what sort of resumes are you looking for, and what you predict is the, the growth of opportunity in, in your industry? Sure. Yeah. Um, so as, as far as our company goes for cannabis, obviously we'll be hiring some people in sales very soon. Um, and it, a salesperson, you know, I, I always say that biology, a biology degree, which is my, my bachelor's degree is the most worthless degree all by itself. <laughs> You've got to go to try, try <laughs> getting an English literature degree, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to go to law school to put that to use. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's similar with biology. You, you've got to put, you've got to, you've got to figure out how to, biology degrees are tremendous in that you learn how the biological world works. They beat you up. They make sure you understand it very deeply, but being able to apply it means you've either got to go to a, a, a professional school, medical school, um, or, or get some kind of technical degree and biology degree with us, with some sales experience or business experience is really powerful in this world with all of these cool biological tools that need to be understood deeply by somebody. And so it would be great to have a, a salesperson with a, a, a bio minor or something like that, just because they, or a plant science or, or something horticulture where they just understand things deeply enough that they can talk turkey with a cannabis grower. Because what you find in agriculture, and, and this definitely applies to cannabis and hemp, is these people eat, breathe, and sleep their crop. They know everything about it. They know more than anybody about how to grow it, how to keep it living. And, and to have that wealth of, of a background would be tremendous for us. On the back end, with uh, our need to continue to add new diseases that we're monitoring for, to, to add different pollen variants, because there will be variation in cannabis pollen. Um, that, uh, that also, people with computer science degrees, um, people who understand the biological world would be very useful to us. Obviously we need help with sales and marketing. I'll let Kevin throw his two bits in. Um, yeah, I, I, sure. I mean, it's all, <clears throat> so my, my, my background is actually in originally is in, in, in graphic design, which really has to do with communication. And so when one of the things that I've sort of sensed through all of this from almost the beginning, uh, and I've seen it in other industries as well is, you know, you can have a stellar idea. Um, you, you might have even, been fortunate enough like we have been to uh to to deploy that and implement that idea and in other words it's a success right you just come together and it works but until you can use the use the right words and the right imagery and the right messaging um you no matter how you know analytical you might be we're all human beings and we're emotional and we respond to different methods of communication and understanding that and being an effective communicator um, 
again through through the visual realm as well as 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 written and, and audio. You know, you have to be able, and I'm not providing a good example right now as I fumble over my words. That's because <laughs> I put you on the spirit. spot. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, being able to communicate well. And so however you would acquire that knowledge um, so that you can really tout your the benefits of your product, um, you've got to be able to explain it well and know what people want to hear so you can um, adjust your message. Cool. And would you both... Um share the sentiment that this is a growing industry and would you encourage people to get into it? Absolutely. It's a growing industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, obviously, and I'm sure you haven't caught all of your episodes, but I'm sure you've talked about this on the show. Things will shift when it's legalized federally. Oh my yes. Um, No question. And um, that would, would obviously bring more legitimacy to to the industry in that bankers would be less skittish about it insurance companies would be less skittish about it but even before that happens this is a thriving legitimate industry it's not a snake oil as everyone should know by now and it's it's not just a bunch of guys wanting to get high this is this is one of the most interesting chemicals known to man we we discovered a receptor in the brain thanks to cannabis. Yep. It's really cool. And so it's absolutely legitimate and it's absolutely something cool to get into. Anytime there's a this gold rush effect, there there's a lot of interesting things that happen. And going in with the expectation that you're going to get rich is probably the wrong expectation. But going in with the expectation that you're going to have a lot of fun and you're going to learn a lot and it's going to benefit you for the rest of your life, that is the right expectation. Sure. And and you can also earn a respectable living and feed your family yeah. by doing this career. Absolutely. All right. And 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 that for the folks at home is is the message. You you've now gotten to visit with Pollen Sense, who is an ancillary service provider to the cannabis industry and other industries. Um, and utilize their knowledge and, and technologies that were not originally for the cannabis industry, but now benefit it and will continue to do so. So for the folks at home who might want to reach out and contact you gentlemen, how could they do that? They can visit our website, pollensense.com. Um, they can email me, landon at pollensense.com, L-A-N-D-O-N. Happy to put that out there. And, um, you know, they can obviously hit us up on social media. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll interject something we haven't talked about um, in, in depth just very briefly. So we have an app called Pollen Wise. It's available in, uh, in, uh, for Apple and Android devices, uh, mobile devices. And, and while it is focusing on delivering information for airborne allergens like, uh, like ragweed, uh, and grass pollen that might make you sneeze. One of the cool things about the app is that it does sort of reveal the, the, the spirit of what we're talking about here, real time airborne particulate information. And you can actually go through, if you drill down a little bit, you could see, uh, the microscopic, you know, images of, of whatever air is being sampled at that given sensor. So you can scroll through it and you go, oh, well, there's some stuff. I mean, you know, and, uh, and it's really pretty cool to be able to see those frames. Um, so if, if you're a science 
student and you're you know curious as to what is in your air i mean you could see that so uh you could take a look oh. at that today you know install the app and right. play with it. great great and obviously if you have allergies it's it's the most yeah. powerful tool for avo- uh, avoiding airborne allergens yeah yeah well and <laughs> as, a, as an allergy sufferer i i can relate all right we, perfect we we're really proud of that it's really useful for all someone right. with allergies all right. Well, this this has been a terrific interview. I really appreciate it. Have a question about psychedelics and the law? You're welcome to submit them. Please send your questions to admin at psychedelicalex.com. Submission of questions is not an assurance that they will be used on the show. Also, please be aware that neither the submission of a question nor a response creates an attorney-client privilege between you and the show's host nor does an answer constitute legal advice. Information provided is for general purposes only. If you need legal counsel, you should hire competent counsel in your community.